You're listening to DraftKings Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Genesis is there today. Yeah, that's right. Yes. I, I've never seen Billy get mashed ever. Wednesdays, he's not. Here. I did. I did. Oh, he is actually. I did years ago, um, and I think I may have done it once since she since she returned. But I, I'm I I've told you this, Tony, and I mean I may as well say it publicly now. I'm always afraid that she's going to squash poop out of me. Because <laughs> there's just so much pressure applied to the body that I'm like, I'm in so much pain that I'm like, my body's going to think that this is the end and it's just going to like, let go of everything. Is that even you know? physiologically possible? Yes, it is. The way that the, the, the force in which sometimes like you need to get your back stepped on <laughs> and like the pressure that it puts oh on your God. stomach. So I've had this conversation. With I'm more concerned actually, with just been letting, letting a fart that's, so that's the conversation. It, that, yes. I've come dangerously close yes. right. with Genesis I was to, like, to, has to like having it forced that? out of me. I was mm-hmm. like, has anybody farted while you've been working on them? She's like, no. I'm like, that's impossible. No, it's, it's impossible. It's impossible. It, it, people have been farting for years, yeah. probably. I think I, I think uh, wow. there, there's another guy. Wow, that has, <laughs> there's another guy that does what Genesis does, named Al, who's come by here every once in a while. And I think Dan had him come in once to 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 work on me, and I did let one rip with Al. It felt terrible. Louder, he mashed you. Silent. It was loud. It was loud. <laughs> it's like it's an, it's an involuntary thing. I can't but, control but it. He mashed you. Used his feet on you. Yeah. Oh god. So there's Is a lot a- of like bodily functions that I think like you know we should destigmatize because it's like everyone does it. Like it's not you know who cares. Right. But farting mm. is the one where it's like no, it actually smells really bad. Mm. So it's oh no, it's gross. it's unpleasant right, yeah. to right. no, it's unpleasant to do around someone. Like it's, that- it's it was awful. <laughs> it was awful. Like I hated. I felt so so self conscious. But like it was completely involuntary. <laughs> I had no control of my bowels. You can all at that agree point. farts are funny, right? <laughs> Oh, is it a compliment or an insult though? Like if you fart, because like one, you're comfortable great with show. the person, and two, like it's a they're really great they're massage. Doing, yeah, right. yeah, great massage. Like you're letting it all out. Yeah, you know? you're really loosening me up so that you know it's just every, everything is different That's a good now. Good point, Billy. Yeah. Oh, and you know what? I, I love. Oh. You know hey. why I love Tony? What? You know why I love Tony? Thanks, Billy. And I know that people think that we hate each other, um, and I think Tony does hate me. But you know why I love Tony? I don't hate because. You. When I said I'm always afraid to poop in the massage, and you're like, "Is that even physiologically possible?" Tony's like, "Absolutely, I know." Blah blah blah. And it's like, okay, yeah, okay. I mean, I thought I no thought he doubts. was I thought he was gonna Tony Topper, Tony went up, or be like, "I shit myself this morning." I mean, I Andre the Giant, right Andre the Giant stepped on Hulk Hogan, and you pooped his pants, and you admitted it on the yeah, show. That is true. Is that true? Yeah, that's yeah. true. The Hulkster. Mm-hmm. It all comes back to sports. Hollywood Hogan. Hollywood Hogan. Brother. Man. Hulkamania. Hulkamania. Terry Belia. Dangerous Ooh. game when you have yellow trunks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Except, well, half of a dangerous game. because There's really not a lot of hiding in wrestling trunks and boots, is there? Mm. No, that's why you have to wear black, Nowhere right? Because right. yep. you know, hard to see. Based off of Jessica's desire for men to wear short shorts, I feel like I might as well start wearing wrestling trunks. 
That would I be feel like that, like that's one, the that's the logical conclusion. Mm. Yes, like a one. It's a unitard. Unitard. Yeah. No, not a unitard. Like just, 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 just a regular. Just like Borat, I look like Randy Orton. Wear the green Borat. One piece. <laughs> the banana hammock. Like the one that has like the like the I actually yeah. I actually watched the second Borat the other day for the first time. I, I just for whatever reason not gotten around to it. Huh. When he does that with like the COVID mask, really funny. Yeah. yeah. There was actually I think a kid from my high school or maybe like a high school near my hometown that wore that Borat thing to a school event hammock? and got suspended. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Well, nothing under? No. No, no just Billy, that. Do you know what, we have, what we're talking about? Yeah, no, I do. Okay. I, I have, nothing a, this is going to sound that. very judgmental. I feel like that was like the, I'm not really funny and I don't have a good way of making a joke. <laughs> so I'm going to wear this to it's shock comedy. people. It's, it's shock. prop comedy. It's that, shocking. It's shocking. In some ways, like like Borat was like a generational movie yeah. for people. Like I came out when I was like fifteen oh, yeah. or whatever, mm-hmm. and like not not only wearing that banana hammock signal your unfunniness, but he also said very nice high five. Like oh, that, you were the least funny high person five. on the <laughs> planet. <laughs> no, it's true. A lot because of people quoting it in here. So I don't know. You know what? I never seen it. What's even like the the funny part? He has a hairy chest, and you see the outline of his dick. And yeah, like, we're supposed and it's to just hairy. Be like, yeah, it's really hairy. Oh my god, that's the funniest thing I've ever seen. I mean, when you're when you're in school, it's funny. I know when you are younger, it is yeah. very funny. Just what age was this? Like high school? For yeah. me, it was high school. Yeah. When did it come out? Witty, can we check? I was yeah. like already in college. Yeah. No, no, I mean like the kid that wore it was in high school. Oh, it was right when the movie came out. Yeah, it was like a seventeen-year-old, probably. August the fourth, yeah, I mean, two thousand and six, for Bora. Uh, oh, I was out of college. Oh man, I was talking about a fifteen. We're talking about a 15 year old movie yeah wait you had like a seventh grader do that that's no no it must have been way after it came out then you have to know that you're going to get in trouble if you show up at school yeah, now, right at a like, catholic school where like there's no, no one way. has a sense of humor and everything's against the rules like at my school and oh my and looking God. back like this it's shocking to me that these rules were allowed my freshman year we had uniforms and my freshman year girls were allowed to wear knee socks with their skirt which is normal, right? Mm-hmm. Like just socks and a skirt. And then my sophomore through senior year, we were no longer allowed to wear socks. We had to wear opaque tights. Could not be Ooh. sheer tights, had to be opaque because it was deemed, uh, I guess, too risque, risque or yeah. scandalous Racy. or, or whatever yeah. for girls who are underage, 14 through 18, hmm. to be wearing socks and exposing their knee and their thigh and then when we had our, if, if we rolled our skirts to make them shorter, because our skirts weren't actually skirts, they were wool culottes. If we made them sh- any shorter, horrible. you had, your teacher Those two words you, sound terrible. Yeah, sound I completely horrible. agree with yeah. your tone. I don't even know what those two words mean, right. but, but they're bad. Well, I guess I know what wool is. Culottes. But wool, yeah. cool, like, what is a culotte? Okay, so culottes. Have you guys ever seen the movie Barb and Star Go to Vista? Yes. Culottes no. are, it was unfortunate. I thought Americas. it was going to be funnier. I thought it was pretty funny. It was It was it, long. It was very long. It was yeah. so long. I actually thought it was pretty funny. I enjoyed it. It didn't get like any sort of any pub, attention yeah. or publicity. Yeah. And I think actually Adam McKay maybe might have been one of the producers yeah. on it. Anyways, they're they're wearing culottes. It's like basically yeah. oh, yeah. really <laughs> long, wide shorts that <laughs> actually like they them. connect in the middle like pants. They're not actually like a skirt, which is just open. Sorry, Billy, go ahead. No, when I, I Googled culotte and when you do it, if you go to like the Wikipedia page of it, it has James Monroe and the and the US president wow, of the really? entry wearing it. Yeah. Of course. Wow. So it, 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 it kind of looks like a skirt because it's pleated, but it's not actually a skirt. But if your skirt was deemed your culottes were deemed too short, a teacher could send you to the dean's office and you could get quote unquote pantsed, which meant for the rest of the year you were not allowed to wear a skirt. You had to wear pants every day. Wow. But a culotte's not a skirt. No, a culotte is they're technically sh- they're like shorts. shorts. They're like giant, yeah, so like, oversized, uncomfortable shorts. They're like Soldier Boy shorts. They're very wide and and with like huge pleats. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. So that was high school. Hmm. Anyways, hmm. I would not. I would not have worn a banana hammock to school. I. I <laughs> at that you, so you, so I think culotte is probably the word you would most associate with that time in your life. Yes. For me, when it came to like middle school, so I went to a school that had uniforms. And we had like once a month a day where you can wear normal clothes called a dress down day. Yes. And there was on those days, they were very keen to point out that the girls were not allowed to expose their midriff. 
That was the that was the terminology. Oh, Expose yeah. your mid like midriff was like it, I, I think I see a little midriff there. Like if a girl showed the slightest bit of midriff, it was mm-hmm. send him to the office and chuck a uniform oh, on. I can't even fathom wearing a crop top to the school I went to. And that's probably why I've rebelled now and every every day mm. since I graduated high school I've worn a crop top. I have never Same. worn a full size shirt since. When I was in high school, uh the girl, the girls had to wear shorts under their dresses, right? And my algebra teacher enforced that vehemently like he was that's weird like he sat down in a chair in front of the class and he used to slide down like slide all the way down like almost off the chair to see if the girls so were wearing look, shorts he was actually that's, looking that's, 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 really that's, that's, that's a crime yeah don't yeah. don't mention his name yeah i'm not yeah, that's that. a crime i missed it wait i don't i didn't even hear the story he was basically confer he was look let's let's move on what's up mystery <laughs> crime today oh, good question chris I don't know. Dartha means rule of two. <laughs> oh, classic. <laughs> On Obi-Wan. Love that. Breaking down the Star Wars. Let's hear it. Greetings and welcome to another episode of Darth Amin's Rule of Two. I am Darth Amin, Sith Lord, leading you through our travels to the dark side. As always, I'm accompanied by my apprentice, Anthony Mays, a Darth Corn Puzzle. Yo, yo, we've been a little too aggressive, but the goal is to defend Star Wars rather than to crush it in a podcast. There is no podcasting without crushing, Mays. I thought you knew that. Episode 5 of Obi-Wan Kenobi. We get the episode that I think many of us hope what this series was going to be about. A bunch of metaphors and flashbacks. Vader almost catching Obi-Wan, but not quite. Getting outsmarted and outguiled. This is what I thought the entire series was going to be, Maze. Yeah. And it got me thinking... If the scene on Mapuzo doesn't happen, how much of the stuff I've been critical about throughout the series am I willing to just let go or explain away or accept in the same way that the things in Book of Boba Fett that I didn't enjoy, the things in Mandalorian I didn't enjoy. I didn't let them stop me from enjoying the series because at the end of the day, I felt like they were trivial. Some kids on some mopeds. It's annoying and stupid and incongruent, but it didn't ruin. I thought the story, the duel between, well, I can't even call it a duel. The ass whooping on Mapuzo, to me, ruined the story. And if you cut that out, like if you literally have Vader show up, kill all the locals, and Obi-Wan kind of scurry away and hide like a coward, I think I'm very happy with this series. How do you feel, Maze? Yeah, I think the biggest thing to me about this episode that was so great was the flashback scene, which is how the episode starts on Coruscant Mm -hmm. and the training, the sparring between Master and Padawan. And what they were able to do in that flashback scene was to very smartly incorporate the lessons that were featured in A New Hope and that were incorporated into this episode. Mm -hmm. Go back and tailor it to what you're trying to tell. The story that you're trying to tell. I do not understand for the life of me why we haven't had more flashbacks than that one. I think I know. And ironically, the giveaway was also this episode, which I think we both enjoyed. Based on a lot of the cheapness of the CGI and the effects and the backgrounds and even the sets. Maze, I think this is a money thing. I think they couldn't afford to do a bunch of flashbacks. And it's the reason why it's not a movie. It went from being a movie to being a TV series. I think there's like some budgetary things that are at work here. But we open with this sweeping view of Coruscant that looks like it was painted. It looked more realistic in Clone Wars. But again, I said this is what the entire series should have been. Flashbacks and corollaries between the past and the present. By the way, we know from how Hayden Christensen appears and how Obi-Wan appears, this is all from early in Attack of the Clones or perhaps before Attack of the Clones. So this is before the Clone War. 
Anakin is still a Padawan. He's got the little braid in the back. He also has both of his natural human hands. Obi-Wan has his weird hair that was kind of a questionable decision for episode two. <laughs> One thing was really, really cool about this. It opens with Anakin staring out at the skyline. Mm-hmm. What he's staring at is Padme's apartment building. Ah, yes. Young Lust. <laughs> he is horny, which I should probably retire for a week or two. Mm. Now we cut back to the present. Third sister shows up on the Devastator. That's Darth Vader's Star Destroyer. And she's kissing a lot of ass. He's kissing a lot of ass, but he hasn't had an ass kissing. But because she says the tracker worked, he promotes her to Grand Inquisitor. Premature promotion. Literally put a pin in that, I mean. Ha, <laughs> ha, Yes, very witty there. He's also standing on the bridge of the Devastator, which is exactly where in The Empire Strikes Back when he's addressing the bounty hunters. Mm-hmm. You've got those two pits on either side where the little worker bees are working. And in Empire Strikes Back, that's when one of the guys catches feelings like, bounty hunters, we don't need their kind of scum here. That was a very cool little throwback there. Meanwhile, Obi-Wan and the crew land on Jabim in a cave that reminds me a lot of the rebel base on Crate from Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Maze. I don't know if you got those vibes as well, especially once the siege begins. Definitely. Kumail is back. He's back. I was wrong. And he's funny, but damn, they shoehorned the hell out of him in here. Hey, Kumail, you want to hang out and babysit Leia? For an episode, take Obi-Wan off of that and have him do some other stuff. So someone else has to watch. Leia, you, you, you available? The Empire hunted me down, so I had nowhere else to go. Also, this is how it feels to be a Jedi. I'm like, okay, you guys are. This is like when the Harlem Globetrotters showed up on Scooby-Doo. Let's just shoehorn everybody anywhere. People are like, oh, where would you have them be? The Outer Rim. That's where everybody goes to get lost. It's where, you know, the Empire is not as present. And also, they don't care as much about the Outer Rim. Go to Jakku. Go go to Nalhada. Anywhere. They are organizing an evacuation of the planet. This is Ice Cube Jr., a.k.a. Roken, who's in charge of that, trying to get everyone to get ready to leave. There's the great part where he gets off the ship and he says, ladies and gentlemen, we got her. Ah, yes. Here's all the people that we were wondering where they were at. Last episode. Yeah. They didn't have the budget, I guess, to, to bring everybody in for two different days. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> it's like they have one day of extras that they could pay for. Vader tells third sister to lock down the facility. She says, wait a second. If you lock them down, then they can hold in there and might be days before we can break them. And he says, it's not them. We need to break. Mm. Talking about Obi-Wan because yes. he knows his old master well. Obi-Wan is in the caves. He's reading these etchings. I looked it up and someone had it translated. It's a bunch of Kilroy was here type etchings from different Jedi. Mm-hmm. Many of them from the expanded universe, from Star Wars Legends. So this is for people who read the books and stuff. I didn't. But for people who read the books, it's very exciting because some of the characters from Legends are now canon because they were here and it's all inspirational stuff. No actual Jedis are there. Nope. And we see the box of lightsabers. So it's clear that essentially they turn in their gear and they go back to being a civilian and then they disperse themselves throughout the universe somewhere. Or that's some of the fallen ones, right? That for whatever reason they collected. Everywhere I looked, no one recognized any of the lightsabers. It didn't look like anyone from the Clone Wars or from Rebels or anything like that. However, one source says that he thinks two of them look like the lightsabers for Barris Offee. Barris Offee, if you remember, Maze, in the Clone Wars, when the Jedi Temple was bombed and they accused Ahsoka and they had all this evidence that it was Ahsoka and then it turns out it was Ahsoka's best friend, Barris Offee. And Barris Offee was one of the early ones to say the Jedi are corrupt and basically she went all QAnon on them. <laughs> and that's why she bombed the Jedi Temple. As a result, of course, that's what led Ahsoka to leaving the Jedi. If you're wondering why Ahsoka's not a Jedi, that's why. Because they accused her of something, that she, a crime she didn't commit. The only person that believed in her was Anakin. Everybody thought she did it. And so she basically, even though Barriss was guilty of it, she began to believe as Barriss did that the Jedi are corrupt and they had nothing for her. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action of DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet just 5 bucks to get $150 in bonus bets instantly. 
Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code DAN, that's code DAN, D-A-N, for new customers to get 150 bonus bets when you bet just five bucks only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Lola sabotages the facility and locks them in. Imperial Destroyer shows up. Obi-Wan gives an Anakin scouting report. He only goes left. Force him to his right hand. Oh, wait. No, sorry. He'll attack next. He has no patience for a siege. How do you know? How about some flashbacks position? Obi-Wan warns him he's being too aggressive. The Jedi goal is to defend life rather than to kill. And Anakin says, mercy doesn't defeat an enemy, master. Very reminiscent of Fallen Order, where Cal Kestis has all these flashbacks of training with his master, Jorah Topal, where everything that's happening to him in the present reminds him, oh, yeah, that's right. There's that time I was sparring with Jorah Topal. There's a time that Jorah Topal was teaching me how to force him. Much like this in the game, as you progress towards the end, your memories of Jorah Topal progress as well. So I thought that was a nice way for them to do it, which they would have done the whole time. Vader sends in the ground assault. Obi-Wan gives a speech, riling up everybody, basically telling them, hey, man, if we get this done, we'll be out of here by the time they get in and no one will get hurt. He asks Ice Cube Jr. how long to get this thing open. Three to four hours just to open it? Come on, man. What are you doing? Hey, man, maybe Roken was working in the Spurs arena. For real. During game one of the NBA finals. (laughs) Check out Basketball Illuminati (laughs) from this week if you haven't. Just ridiculousness. <laughs> Obi-Wan, here's three to four hours, goes, mm-hmm, you have one hour. What? <laughs> this is one of the classic tropes here. Just tell him that he has an hour. Why do this setup? Right. And he doesn't even really have an hour. They're here. It's a, as soon as possible type situation, bro. Stormtroopers set up for the siege. This set design is horrendous. I mean, as cheap as cheap gets. And I just kept thinking, I'm not comparing this to the movies. I'm just saying, compare it to the Mandalorian? Y'all didn't even get Mandalorian budget? Come on, man. Why wouldn't they spend money on this show, I ask? In my notes. They literally couldn't be bothered to draw on the blaster bolt from the turbo laser, battering ram, whatever the hell you want to call it, trying to crack the blast door. Yeah, they're essentially set up in a crater, in a rock. Mm -hmm. The thing about the volume is that once you know what you're looking for, it's basically you're looking for a big circle. Yeah. So... The Coruscant flashback, big circle. Right. This scene, big circle. They just have a bunch of guys standing around, and I guess we're supposed to be intimidated? So they just start blasting the door. They try to open the hangar doors. It doesn't work. Haja says, that was underwhelming. I laughed. Broken can't fit in the vent. Guess who's the right size to do that job, I mean? You guessed it. Princess Leia. Princess Leia. Get her a ladder, I mean. And Obi-Wan trusts her, so do what she asks. And I said, what has she done to earn the trust of Obi-Wan in a situation like this? What in her experience is like, no, 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 she knows what she's doing. I mean, what are you talking about? They've had such amazing travels and adventures together. Yes, none of it having to do with her having any sort of expertise with electronics or fixing things or building things or anything. Yeah, it reminded me of that meme that was on Twitter in the last year where there's that guy looking at the electrical box. <laughs> yeah. And he's got that pose where he has no idea what he's doing. <laughs> That's Leia. They're like jeans and Tim's and <laughs> yeah. he's got a little helmet on. Exactly. <laughs> Again, you guys have her with this stupid little sidekick droid. Have her fixing it. Have her diddling with it the whole time. They don't do that once. It's like, oh, it's like a puppy with her. And all of a sudden, we're supposed to buy. She knows how to, as a 10-year-old, she was like, oh, well, Anakin built Anakin the whole time as a child. You knew he was a prodigy. Hell, even Luke was kind of dicking around with stuff and fixing things and using his hands, which would make sense because he's a farmhand and she's a freaking princess. Just terrible trying to just write in and I help. What's Leia going to do this episode? Yeah. Obi-Wan gets a voicemail 
on his hollow projector. The most incriminating voicemail ever with so much descriptive detail. detail. I wonder if that's going to come back. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure that won't be an issue later is what I wrote. He's saying, I know you said don't call, but can you give me an update? Because I'm freaking out over here. <laughs> <laughs> if it was just that, it'd be cool. But he's just like, I'm going to go to your address. One, two, yep. three Main Street. <laughs> I'll you pick leave up the, the key, key that's under the, under the mat, mat, right? Or the fake rock on the left. That's where you keep it. This is, I mean, What's your roommate's name? Owen? It's horrible bosses, too. It's you, me, and him, not you, me, and him, and the NSA. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, man. You guys have to do better. You can't be that lazy with it. Game of Thrones gives us some character exposition that no one asked for. They take some time to have a heart-to-heart here. As they're under siege. He didn't ask her. It's not like he started talking about his life and she started talking about her life. It's like, yeah, we're doing things, da 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 Yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of Tony Baker's fictional villain saga where it's like he talks about stealing the water supplies. Like every villain has a backstory. It's like, yeah, I once was like that. And like no one asked you. But in her little exposition, she mentions that she was stationed on Garel. Garel was a planet that was featured very heavily on Star Wars Rebels. The Phoenix unit was based out of there of the Rebellion. That's the original people that the Ghost crew, which is Ezra, Kanan, and Sabine, and Hera, they get in contact with the Rebellion, the official Rebellion, the first time through the Phoenix squadron, who were based in Garel. And so the first mention we get in Rebels, they're on a side mission to steal rifles for the crime boss Visago. I don't know, Visago's not a crime boss, but like you didn't get what I'm doing. He's one of those like little small time crooks. They get the Imperial rifles destroyed because they were going to head towards the front lines of the war. Throughout the series, they keep going back to Garel. I thought that was nice. You guys would throw an actual Easter egg as opposed to just exposition. Ice Cube Jr. comes out with the crossbow that Chewbacca has. Yeah, the bowcaster. Kenobi wants a parlay with Reva. Don't see why she would ever accept, but she does. Yep. They get to talking, and he asks her how she knew who Vader was, that Vader was Anakin. And then he kind of does the math. It's like the only way you would have known, you'd have to be in there alive for it, which I thought was a very cute way of saying black don't crack, because he's kind of surprised that she was old enough <laughs> to have been a youngling <laughs> during Order 66. Oh, man. Two galaxies, you know what I'm saying to me? (laughs) Exactly. And so we get some flashbacks position of her witnessing the slaughter. Wow, we got that one. Check that one off. She was at the temple. She had to play dead in order to get out of there. And Obi-Wan realizes you're not serving him. You're hunting him. Talking about Darth Vader. And I sent a text to Maze while I was watching this. And I said, film noir. And I had to say, which one? Oh, spoiler alert. Future callback there. She demands to know where Obi-Wan was during Order 66, which I thought was a very good nuance to include there because she's so pissed at him the whole series. And we're like, why are you pissed at Obi-Wan? And I was like, of course. He's like, you were supposed to be there. You're supposed to protect us. And not only that, she hit him with the same line that Owen hit him in episode one. Yep. He trained his father. This is all your fault, Obi-Wan. Valid questions that, of course, Obi-Wan does not answer. Of course, because he's a piece of shit, as we've established time and time again. Cracks the door open with her lightsaber. The doors are open. He uses the force to force push the shit out of her. She falls back a little cartoonishly. It looked very Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, the way she kind of just floated backwards. Or like in Shang-Chi when they yeah. had that fight at the beginning, there's a lot of sliding along the ground. Then the combat begins, and I have a note here that says there's a lot of point-blank shooting. A lot of shooting. But not a lot of point-blank making. It's like Jason Tatum at the rim. It's really terrible. And then there's the dramatic scene in the tunnel, because obviously the stormtroopers, there's a lot more of them, so they advance. Jabim, people retreat. Obi-Wan's yelling in slow motion. Tala goes down. Why are we putting Game of Thrones in scenes to do action stuff that she physically can't do? Like pulling the stormtrooper down. Like she's shooting and then there's a stormtrooper and she like, yeah. She guided the stormtrooper down to the ground there gently. Hey guys, can we just rewrite this so that she shoots him and he falls over? So you don't have to pull him down. I'm not trying to be misogynistic here. In theory, absolutely. It would be cool if she tugged him down like that. But this actress, I'm breaking the fourth wall, is incapable of pulling off that action move. So maybe just not have it. I don't need it. Again, it's just some of the weird decision making 
in the filmmaking here. She gets hit. Obi-Wan says her name about three million times in slow motion. As he fights two stormtroopers with a lightsaber. Loader droid Ned One also is getting shot up. Now he's almost decommissioned on top of her to kind of shield her from the blast, but of course, alas, it's too late. And she looks at him and he looks at her and I said, Tension? Did you catch any of that? What do you think she was doing with that droid all along? Yeah, <laughs> loader. He barely even knows her. She pulls out the thermal detonator. Why? Why does she hold up the thermal detonator like the ooze and not throw it? Ooze. Why doesn't she throw it? What is she thinking? The robot is half on top of her, and then she just holds it, so she's going to blow herself up. She's going to blow the robot up. You know who she's not going to blow up? Anybody else? Like any Stugats in the world, it's important that she shows it to Obi-Wan so she gets the credit. Hey, look. See this? See what I'm doing? Throwing my life away. You all see that I am the one who had the thermal detonator. We had this funny exchange where Ice Cube Jr. asked Kumail, is she close? And he says, Leia, are we close? She yells back, working on it. And he says, she's working on it. I don't know why. That exchange made me laugh. It seemed very calm in the middle of people dying. That's two laughs at Kumail lines from you. He's been good at this series. So I guess he did his job. It was a strange job to ask him to do, but he did it. Exactly. Vader orders Reva to stand down. Kenobi is already ours. Flashback to Anakin whooping Obi-Wan's ass in this sparring duel. And he says, you are beaten. And I was like, oh, that's like on the Cloud City, him and Luke after he's severed his arm. Also, right before that, when he's going crazy hack-a-shack on the lightsaber, that is very strong Return of the Jedi vibes of what Luke would do to him Mm -hmm. as he's kind of on one knee and Luke's hacking away. So nice little nods there, homages. Flash forward to Obi-Wan realizing he has to surrender because he's the one they want. Now, this is a very important scene here, Maze. Yep. He hands Haja his lightsaber, his blaster, and the comlink to call Bail Organa. Here, take my phone. And Roken asks Kenobi how he's going to fight Vader without a weapon, prompting Kenobi to reply that there are other ways to fight a mean. Future callback to A New Hope when he says there are alternatives to fighting when they're on the Death Star. Right before he fights Vader. <laughs> exactly. The stormtroopers bring Obi-Wan to Reva. She says Vader's on his way. You're going to die soon. Obi-Wan flips it on her. You're not bringing him to me. I'm bringing him to you, which is a line that sounds like Rorschach in Watchmen tells people in prison that he's not locked up in jail with them. They're locked up in jail with him. It's all about perspective. He tries to appeal to her and join forces with him by telling her there are kids here and we can avoid another slaughter. So let's work together. How do you figure like Vader won't see it coming? And Obi-Wan in all humility and humbleness says, because I'm all he sees, baby. (laughs) (laughs) He'll be too busy thinking about me to think about you. (laughs) So let me get this straight. I mean, Uh that worked. That was all she needed. That convinced her because at that moment, we didn't know that it convinced her, but they did the very weird thing. I'm like, okay, take him back inside. These two stormtroopers, as opposed to keeping them out here. You two stormtroopers, you got this. And by the way, did you notice he killed the purge trooper like very quickly and very easily? Oh, yeah. So much for their toughness. Guys, you had one of them. I get it. You didn't have a budget to make more of these. I would have taken a little badass duel between him and the purge trooper over a lot of stuff that they've wasted time with in this series. But anyways, they take him back inside. I said, why are they taking him back inside? Future callback, we'll figure out why. Flashback to Anakin and Obi-Wan. Anakin disarms Obi-Wan, and this is where he says, there, it's over. Obi-Wan says, your need for victory, Anakin, it blinds you. And I said, foreshadow! Character trait! Obi-Wan, of course, escapes very easily from the two stormtroopers that have him in restraints, by the way. That was the other thing. Like, how do you get the handcuffs off? I guess you could use the force. Like Joe Bluth, he's a magician. (laughs) That's a neat trick. (laughs) Tricks are what whores do for money. This is the force. Lola attacks Leia, and I'm happy until she removes the restraining bolt. Yeah. Restraining bolts are this thing that they put on droids that limit their autonomy and makes them do what you tell them to do. R2 had a restraining bolt on him in A New Hope. The Jawas put one on him. Yeah. So when they took it off, that's how he was able to play 
Leia's message. Vader arrives and she tells him, oh, he's inside. And he walks in and he sees a bunch of dead stormtroopers. And then he walks a little faster. Yeah. <laughs> I think he knows like, oh, Jesus Christ. Meanwhile, the transport tries to peace out. And Vader comes in and he uses the force to ground it. The CGI is bad, but this is pretty badass. Oh, it's super cool. This apparently was something that Starkiller did in the Force Unleashed video game, which is not canon. A lot of video game inspiration this season. Yep. Also, Rise of Skywalker did this as well with Rey, but she kind of tore the ship apart accidentally rather than grounding it. Vader grounds it and then he tears the hull out. And it reveals nothing inside. Meanwhile, a second transport escapes. Film noir. Film noir. But Maze, I won't lie, man. When he grounded it and ripped out that hull, I thought he was going to go ape shit on all these little people. Remember what I said? Like, you can't have a massive group of Force-sensitive people just hanging out. But I guess now it makes sense, based on the etchings, that they don't hang out there, that even Jabim is a way station yeah. for them to go somewhere else. Yeah, I thought it was super cool. And then they just sneak right past. I guess he would be tired from doing that. Tired, drained a little bit, because you can hear him strenuously having to do that. But also, it happens so fast. Mm-hmm. Obi-Wan flashback, and he steals the lightsaber from Anakin after Anakin told him it was over. Basically calls him a little Padawan bitch. Don't you ever in your motherfucking life forget and disrespect me, you little bitch-ass motherfucker. You sound like Luther the Anger Translator. He said, you're a great warrior, but your need to prove yourself is your undoing. Counsels him to overcome this desire in order to progress from being a Padawan. This is the master learner exposition we have needed throughout. And then, like you've already said, all of this is more powerful if they haven't already fought in this show. Absolutely. Vader, we're shown, is apparently remembering this very lesson as he's watching this ship peace out on him. Meanwhile, Reva creeps up from behind and tries to kill him. He was wise to use you against me. This, to me, is cool. Absolutely. I would have taken a hundred episodes more of just shit like this. Where Vader literally fights her, he doesn't even bother taking out the lightsaber. Nope. He just uses the force. He's slapping her around. He's moving. He's holding her thing. And then first she goes one blade. We get to see all of the permutations of the Inquisitor lightsaber. Double blade, spinning blade, and then he breaks it in half. So we get the split blade. He doesn't break it in half. So it's a weird thing. The hilt is the thing that has the circular thing, and it has two outputs right there. So what he does is he just pulls the two lightsabers out of the circular hilt and holds it very Ahsoka style. Did you get that vibe as well? Mm -hmm. When he's got the two lightsabers in his hands, him slowing down the spin of the blade was pretty cool. This was a great fight. I loved it. This was one of the coolest, coolest things they've done. Especially because he was just toying with her the entire time. Oh, yeah. It hammers home. The Inquisitors aren't Sith. They're former Jedi, Force-sensitive types who were trained in combat and are good at kicking ass of people who have been disconnected from the Force. You're not going to fight Darth Vader. You're not even close. And he makes it very apparent. Or he throws one of the lightsabers at her and then proceeds to beat her ass. Oh, yeah. (laughs) She has flashbacks to Order 66 when he stabs her, as he does in real life, almost simultaneous. And everyone I read up on and listened to were like, oh, it was shot so weird or whatever. But Maze, I think I know why it was edited the way it was edited. What's that? The beginning of the episode, they have a disclaimer says there are certain scenes that might be distressing. And I think this is just my opinion. This is now I haven't talked to anybody now. I don't know anything. But in a very serious way, I think it was edited because of the school shooting in Ovalde, Texas. Yeah, that's possible. I mean, they put a disclaimer on this season of Stranger Things as well, because the opening scene of Stranger Things is a flashback to a lot of violence. So I think that's very possible. And this was the only episode we've had that disclaimer on. And there's nothing else in the episode that objectionable or even raises above the level of violence that we've seen throughout this series and throughout all of Star Wars. But this, especially the way it was cut, just felt a little janky. Because at first I was like, oh, why did he spare her in Order 66? And I realized, oh, he didn't. He stabbed her. And she just pretended she played dead. Mm -hmm. And so she's stabbed. She's on the ground. And Vader does his usual tough guy talk that he does after. Did you really believe it? I did not see it, youngling. You are of no further use. Hearing him say youngling. I think that's the first time I've heard Vader say youngling. 
They got goosebumps. And then, of course, here's one more film. <sighs> Who should walk up but the Grand Inquisitor and Maze? He is acting his ass off. Talking so much shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> Revenge does wonders for the will to live, don't you think? Your rage was useful, but has now become tiresome, and he gets his damn pin, pin back. back. <laughs> That's mine. I'll leave you in the gutter where we found you where you belong. Of course, they don't double tap or finish the kill. Nope. She's still alive. She starts crawling for her saber hilt, circular spinny thing. And that's when she sees the comlink. And I said, great job, Haja. You had one freaking job to do. You had one thing to do, dude. Yeah, not great, Bob. Come on, bro. What are you doing? And the message is a little choppy, but it's just the crucial parts. All the exposition. Tatooine. Boy. Owen. Meanwhile, Obi-Wan feels a tremor in the force. Does he feel a tremor in the force or does he just realize that he lost his phone? I mean, we've all been there before, right? You check your pockets and you say, oh man, where is it? I lost my house keys in the hotel room in San Francisco during these finals right now, the NBA finals. And I definitely felt it because when I got to the airport, I reached in my pocket and I'm like, I hear something jingling, but that doesn't feel like keys, I and mean, it turned out to be coins. No, it was a tremor in the forest maze because if it was him realizing he left his phone, it would be like, yo, how'd you, yo, you got my shit, by the way? Like, yeah, I got you. Oh. Instead, it's just like him realizing, absent anything, he's asked, is everything okay? And he's like, yeah, everything's fine. I'm sure it's fine, but he realizes I've made a terrible mistake. Thanks for running with my joke there. I mean, appreciate it. Cut to Tatooine and the Lars Ranch and Bingo Luke is sleeping. He hasn't even done anything, Maze. I can, I'm just the way he slept, I can feel it. I feel it. It's going to be me. That's episode five. We've got one more episode, Maze. Now, let me tell you a very interesting theory. Please. Apparently, the six-episode arc is made on purpose to mirror the six movies of the prequels in the original trilogy. Here's how. Episode one, Phantom Menace. Episode one of this, uh, they find a precocious youngster and were introduced to the main villain. Episode two, Obi-Wan discovers there's a plot and has to do some investigating. Episode three, Obi-Wan fights Vader. Episode four. They break out Princess Leia. From an Imperial facility. Episode five, when everything looks like it's darkest and everything's about to fall apart. Vader whoops someone's ass. And now... Episode six, Obi-Wan is going to appeal to Darth Vader and turn him, right? Or Reva. Maybe Reva turns to the light. Oh, okay. That's a little bit of a stretch, but okay. When I heard that, I was like, eh. Not mad. It doesn't feel like that much of a stretch. And it makes sense because I remember thinking, why are there six episodes? Why six? Especially when they're not the same length. Six is the Disney Plus model. Oh, is it? Moon Knight, six episodes. Loki, six episodes. Hawkeye, six episodes. I'm sure Miss Marvel is six episodes. So, Maze, we got one episode left. Is it possible that this is the master learner thing and we're not going to have to get an explicit second fight between Vader and Kenobi? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. They're definitely going to fight again. Is it me or do you think they just felt there's no way we can do this and have Darth Vader and have Hayden Christensen and not have them meet and fight and interact? As we said in the third episode recap, it was too juicy for the creators. I think they would feel more upset if they didn't do it. If they had a show for six episodes with Obi-Wan and Vader and they didn't fight. First time he got absolutely dusted. I guess his... Force powers are fully back now. We got him pushing her and we got some more lightsaber work. I guess he's back in playing shape. But the more important thing is going to be what we saw in that flashback, which is he's going to do something crafty. It's not going to be a brute strength thing because that's Vader's whole thing. Attack, attack, attack. Obi-Wan is going to do something clever. And here, I don't think it's clever enough for Darth Vader to walk away from this encounter going... He got me again. Oh, that Obi-Wan. He really knows his ways around the Force. There's got to be something better. And I think that it's possible they do something really cool. I am curious as to what that is going to be. I don't think they can have Vader on Tatooine, though, right? I mean, it's bad enough what they've already done. To have Vader on Tatooine, now you're really pushing it. So what is Reva going to do? Is she going to go to Tatooine by herself? 
it seems like she's pretty out of the Inquisitor Vader dynamic. So it doesn't seem like she'd go to them with the info and try to get back in the good graces. What would that information do to help her? Maybe she thinks if she goes and gets the kid and then she'd go back to Vader and Obi-Wan's going to intercept. She's trying to kill Vader. I just don't understand. He's already figured that out. So it's like you're not going to sneak up on him twice. In essence, her whole life was a prelude to that moment. Her whole life was so that she could get that one opportunity to get close enough with him especially as Grand Inquisitor, you'd have a lot of access to Vader to catch him sleeping and take care of him then. She had her shot and she blew it. So now I don't know what else she can do. It's not like, hey man, remember when I tried to kill you? My bad. Hey, I found this kid on Tatooine, by the way. It might be yours. Yeah, just going to take a look right now. Ah, I got you a little. <laughs> like, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, there's just some things. Now we're really at the point where we're boxed in by what we know happens, right? They're not actually going to get to Luke because Luke has no clue. Exactly. Luke has no clue. Then again, Leia has convenient amnesia. Obi-Wan isn't going to fight in front of him. It's very doubtful that Reva or anyone would be able to kidnap him. If you haven't watched Star Wars Rebels and you intend to, this is a big spoiler here. Three, two, one. It has to be a situation like in Rebels when Maul finally dies for real. So Maul tracks down Obi-Wan, finds him like at a campfire in the middle of the Dune Sea in Tatooine. Maul's whole life has been an exact revenge on two people, Kenobi and Sidious, right? Mm -hmm. And so, all right, let's do it, old man. Like, look at you, you're pathetic, you're just an old man. So we get a very dramatic build up and the fight happens very quickly. I believe it's modeled after one of Kurosawa's movies. So as he's dying in Ben Kenobi's arms, he says, why are you here? And he's like, you're protecting someone. You're protecting, oh, it's the chosen one, meaning Luke. And it's like, is it real? Is it, is he really the chosen one? And Obi-Wan says, yeah, pretty much. And then he dies, right? And so Luke obviously never knows any of that is happening. It would have to be a situation like that, I think for them to get away with it. The other thing, obviously, Vader cannot, cannot know. We know for a fact in canon, Vader doesn't even know in A New Hope that that's his son because Palpatine lied to him. Palpatine told him, Padme died, you killed her, and you killed, obviously, the baby that was inside. He didn't know she was pregnant with twins. He didn't know that she survived. He didn't know that she gave birth before dying. So he doesn't find out that the kid who, uh, the force is strong in this one, who blows up the Death Star, that's his son. He doesn't find out until after A New Hope, but before Empire Strikes Back. Right. So that means that Reva has this information, but she's not going to get it to Vader. So I think Reva's headed to Tatooine for some reason. Obi-Wan's going to have to go there. Maybe they team up because there's going to be a final confrontation with Vader somewhere. Reva's probably going to die. And Obi-Wan and Vader are both going to walk away. And he's going to take her back to Bail Organa and drop her off after the whirlwind week across the galaxy. <sighs> ambitious. Very ambitious. Okay, let me end it on this note because we're going to end it on a positive note. What was your favorite part of this episode? As I said at the beginning, it's the flashback training with Obi-Wan and Anakin. It shaded in some character depth that we really needed. It set the tone for this episode. It really set the tone for the entire existence of this series. I wanted more of it from the jump, but I'm glad that they included it here and it really worked well. My favorite part was him fighting Reva. I enjoyed the fact that I've seen Vader now fight so many different people through Star Wars. He fought Luke, and he fought Obi-Wan, and he fought Obi-Wan again, and he fought again Obi-Wan uh, thanks to this thing, and he fought Ahsoka. You know, Ahsoka's probably the person who's ever done the best fighting him other than Obi-Wan that one time, and obviously Luke that other time. Oh, and the Kanan Jarrus as well. Kanan and Ezra at the same time. It reminded me when Kanan and Ezra fought him, he was similarly just toying with them. Kanan got thrown away and Ezra was by himself. It was really obvious, right? Where Ezra pulls out a lightsaber and Vader's just like, I'm going to just make you kill yourself. He almost ends up cutting his own head off until Kanan jumps in and then they fight, whatever. I love the idea that, oh yeah, you're not on that level. You are not on that level. You're a youngling. You had a little stupid helmet on. You're nowhere near capable of fighting. And I'm not even going to waste time taking out my lightsaber. I'm not even going to use my lightsaber. I'm going to use the force. And then when I'm bored of doing that, I'm going to take your lightsaber. And instead of just ending it, 
I'm gonna give you half of your lightsaber. Let's go. Let's let's do. Let's just uh, just for shits and giggles. Let's see where it goes. That was I thought was really really cool. You are a Sith Lord after all, so that tracks. That's gonna do it for this episode of Rule of Two. Next week it's gonna be the last episode until we get Andor that comes out later this summer. Thanks again, my apprentice Anthony Mays. Thank you, listeners. Remember your need for victory; it blinds you. Do you like Star Wars and any of that or no? Yes, I do. Really? So have you been watching this show? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm up to date. Well, so what the fuck? Why doesn't it mean talk to you? <laughs> it mean don't even answer my text messages. Classic. Except whenever he says a boo boo on air. Mm. <laughs> oh, oh, do we? Mm. Do we? Do we want to reveal the the the, mm. the boo boo post? Classic uh, one-way phone situation. It only works when you need something. Exactly. Juju, who else does that other than Amin? Let's name uh, some names. Point some fingers. I think it would be easier to say who doesn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, who doesn't do that then? Uh, I love all of you guys. Uh, new, new leaf, new year, new me. I'm keeping it. Uh, <laughs> it's new year. It's, it's, June. it's June. It is June. We literally could you not know, be look, more. We could. We po- probably couldn't be closer to the middle of the year. The mid season finale. Year when I want to restart my year. That's uh, right. Yeah. Listen, who decided what January first is? You know what I mean. Well, you know what, Romans, Gentiles. I, I completely agree. Because I, I, compl- I, I've complained on this show Julius about Caesar. New Year's resolutions. <laughs> And so why why don't we do Wait June fifteenth June fifteenth resolutions? Hold on a second. Yeah, Witty, you were supposed to learn yes! something new every day, and we are way behind. We're way behind. So behind. Yeah. Have, I, have, I will you say, tell us anything that you've learned. Yeah. Well, I revealed one the other day on, on the Levitard show when I said that I learned what the percentage in a weather forecast means. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was a that, that was a genuine that discovery. A sh- that is a shocking one, right? Because it's the percentage of your area of the geographical area yes, in, that's going to get hit by rain, not the percentage. Chance that you walk out the door and rain strikes. Exactly. You. Apparently, in Australia, they have their forecasts are like phrased differently, so it mm. explains that better. Whereas, like in America, they don't, and so everyone walks around assuming it means like, oh, there's a fifty percent chance yeah. of rain, but it's actually like fifty percent of Miami is going to get rain. Why doesn't big weather do more to clarify that to us? Because they don't want. Why don't we have like meteorology mm-hmm. class in school, like a little seminar? Mm. In I, for me, That's the class cool. should not be meteorology. <laughs> there, I think every semester, every kid should take kidding. a should take a class called "Shit You Should Know," uh, and it's oh. like, well, yeah. it's like one day you show up, it's like, hey, we're going to learn how to start Regular. a barbecue today. A barbecue. Okay. Yeah. Actually, you don't know how to start a barbecue. Say how to start no, a I'm saying business, I, somebody eventually told me, but yeah. like, just like those are random life skills yeah. that one would know, well, and you just have to acquire this go knowledge out to the somehow. Parking lot, guys, we're gonna go change a tire. Let's right, go. Right, exactly, exactly. Billy, Today we show up. It's no, change a tire day. Mama, Billy. I'm good at changing tires. <laughs> yeah, so oh, am I. Changing a tire is something everyone has to learn yeah. when yeah. they get their driver's license. That should be part of the driver's ed test. Like I needed to change a tire. 10 times more than I've ever needed to parallel park. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Really? I've had to change a lot of tires you've had in my 10, day. You've had 10 flat tires and you've never parallel parked 10 times? I No, wow, I think that, you just made up a number. <laughs> I was concerned for more. a little bit. <laughs> for, because, well, you said 10 times more. That, that, yeah. I was doing it by but, Yeah, time. so it, you have to have had... I, Exaggerated. You'd have had to have story. had one parallel parking situation for every ten for every ten tires. flat I've had, tires. I've had like three or four flat tires. So you've and I've parallel parked parallel zero parked times. Like once. Yeah, zero. Mm. Yeah. So you've four. I, I've four, lived in a city, so I haven't needed a car for. Is like math in the, uh, yes, the shit you should know? Class? Class? No, that's no. a different. You class. need to change tires, though. <laughs> Guys, sometimes people exaggerate. That should be in the class too. Oh really? Exaggerate. Exaggerate. Exaggeration.
I was very concerned for a short period of time because my wife went on at the time she was my girlfriend, but she went on like this streak of like every two weeks there was a nail in her tire that I'd have oh. to like meet her and help her go change. And I was like, are you driving through like construction sites? Like, where are we going that we keep <laughs> puncturing these tires? Because like, how does this keep happening? It seems like we've gone beyond the point of bad luck at this point. At one point, my boyfriend's car got like three flat tires in one summer. Sometimes I just think you just have a bad luck streak with your car. Tires yeah. among the least uh, rewarding purchases. Yeah, because oh, you so see, you, it's sad so purchase. so you walk into like the the tire center and you see new tires. Like, wow, this tire looks so nice. I can't wait to like look at my car and it's that way. And then when I I recently had my tires change, and so I go and show up. And they had done one lap around the Costco parking lot. Like, huh. And and then you look at your tire and go, that's not what I bought. There's like I, some shit on it. I'm with you. This is a satisfying I purchase. <laughs> I recently had my tires changed too. And when I got wow. there, the guy that changed the tire said, tire we are two days away <laughs> from these things just completely shredding apart these tires in such bad shape. Like it's a miracle you got here. Right. And then I was looking at the tires the next day and I'm like, did they put used tires on this car? Like, I don't know that <laughs> these tires are new. different. That's the secret, yeah. by the way. Sorry to spoil it. That's the secret. You get used, very slight, lo loved on tires, and they're much less expensive. That's true. Huh. A little, just a little nugget for you guys. Where, where do you procure slightly I mean, used tires? I'll let you guys know. Oh. You Pretty need close. to know someone. I'll talk to Feldman. I'll see if they can spot I them. used to know a place that did it, and then they moved way far south. Like, they used to Miller be a tire? couple blocks from my house. Miller huh? Tire. Miller Tire? No, no, no! It was this place next to Wee Wee Transmission. Oh, Wee Wee's the, the best. If you guys, if I you think. need, if you need a transmission fix, go to Wee Wee. Yeah, shout out to Wee Wee Transmission. Yeah. Hey, Dopey. I think it's his family. Oh, can you hear that? Sorry. Oh, guess what, guys? Wow, are we yes, getting in the weeds? <laughs> the fact that I know who you're talking about is is the funniest thing. There's 20 people that know who that is. It's a great show. Really, a lot of people know Wee Wee. Yeah, a lot of people. <laughs> Juju. Oh yeah, but me and uh, Tony are going live. Oh, last night we are going live last night. So third okay, quarter so on. yeah, maybe so maybe don't log on to our YouTube channel <laughs> last night. If you know, you know. Any MMA I, hangouts coming up or? Uh, July second, oh, yeah. a huge two seventy six. Very exciting. What's Israel on two seventy six? Israel Asanya is fighting Jared Cannonier, and then we've got uh, Alexander Volkanovsky versus. Max Blessed Holloway repping Hawaii. I look forward That's to you informing me of who those people are. Yep. All right, I think, I, I think exactly. that, I think that uh, officially I think means it. we're into the plug section of the yeah. podcast. Oh. That'll do it for another episode of Mystery Crate. Be sure to check out all the podcasts. God, it's a shame that Chris Cody's not here. Mock me a hundred times by now. <laughs> Billy, what's going on in your network of work? Have you tracked down uh, Stugatz to get a stupidity done? Or We did. We did a stupidity mm. to preview game one of the Stanley Cup final, which if you listen to now, you kind of know what happened. So, I mean, yeah. you can check it out, but it'll be dated. And, ooh, Roy joined us in that, too. We talked to the guys from Missing Curfew, and Roy proved himself as being the Metal Arc hockey expert that he is. Because they at one point said, oh, wow, you guys really do know what you're talking about. And it was just because of Roy's oh. questions. Roy's yeah. bona fides yeah. being yeah. established as a hockey guy. Roy, what's up Montgomery and Company this week? Uh, we have Shante Wayans. Uh, she's in the uh, Wayans family. As you know, that is a uh, very funny comedic family. Uh, she's going to describe what it's like to be in that family. Check out Montgomery Company on the Levitard and Friends Podcast Network. Jessica Smetana, Off the Looking Glass. This week, we had Carly Lloyd on the show, Ooh. World oh. Cup champion, and we also did an extra extra on the NWFL, which was a professional women's football league in the 70s and 80s, so check that out. American football or association football? American football, mm. gridiron football. Uh, also on Golik and Smitty this week, we had Trey Mancini join us to talk about Notre Dame baseball, oh. the Orioles, and the... Uh, Funky baseballs this season in MLB. So check that baseballs. out. Baseballs. Oh, uh, Tony. Also on DNF, we had the. Oh Azerbaijan wow! I, I only I, I only teed you up on Hall. one. Uh, is there? There's a race this weekend, right? The Where? Canadian you talk about because Grand Miami. Oh, the Canadian Grand Prix Montreal. in Montreal. You want to talk about because Miami as well? Yeah, because Miami. Juju, you sound like you want to get in there. Oh yeah, I just want to salute all the big dogs out there. I see you, uh, State Sounds. I see you, uh, Stu Pop. I see you, <laughs> Pamela Lace. I see you, Steve Ardrini. I see you, Cat. I see you, uh, Morgan from Australia. Yeah, I see you, uh, Meredith Lace. Keep 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 kicking they behind on that lacrosse field. Let's go. We here. Big dogs. Go go, Lava Rangers. Tony, anything on the YouTube channel? Just check it out. Give it some love, Lewis and <laughs> great plug. Yeah, Lewis and I oh. and and everybody that works on it uh, puts a lot of effort into it. Just. 
Showed some love. Watched all the videos a trillion times. Right. Juju, I have a question for you before we go. Ooh. Do you know what, whatever happened to David from Toronto? We haven't heard from David in Toronto oh, in years. To David from Toronto. Yeah, yeah, man. Reach out to us, David. Yeah, yeah we miss show you. my music support. You know what I mean? Should the we convene an episode so of Lower After Hours here on Mystery Crate and get all the get all the longtime listeners on? No. That Too would many be people. awesome. <laughs> that would be awesome. Nah, Tony. It'd be awesome. Okay. Wow. To the Lower Rangers. I got y'all back, man. We're gonna pull up on us. Same. Billy. Yeah. Tony buried the lead on the All plug. All the haters the, are in absolute shambles, the, by the way. The, 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 the plug for the shambles, YouTube channel channel was an like absolute shocker from Tony. There's a what massive happened? piece of content available on our YouTube channel. Tony, tell the us. The haters there? are in shambles at the moment. The Ricky Weed Farm video is out. Wow! Really? Oh, man. I need to go check it out. I need That's, to check it out. I, 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 I did not see that one coming. I didn't see that one coming. Dude, everybody, right up your... Good job. <laughs> Wow. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Haters still in shambles. Sorry, guys. <laughs> you next week. Roy, do the thing. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Okay, I'm singing Choo Choo. Oh, come on, man. Oh, no, Roy, you, no, 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 I get high, I get high, I get high. <laughs> I get high on your memory. Okay, goodbye. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.